Hi there, I'm Andy, a moon chasing, manifesting, wander lover, and feel good aficionado. Consider me your woo woo best friend. This show is a sacred space for ideas, concepts, and modalities that might be considered taboo, but that I personally find a great magic in. In these conversations, my mission is to inspire confidence, worth, and mystical thinking in our modern world. Let's get into it, shall we? Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm going to start this episode sharing an affirmation that I've been working with this month in preparation for the five-day beauty meditation challenge that is underway presently as this episode comes out today being Thursday. We have one more day after today in which the beauty challenge is happening live, but you can go back and participate on your own anytime. The five days will be there for you. And next week, we have our Ageless Beauty Workshop coming. And so this affirmation is one I have been using personally in preparation for all this beauty work. So here's the affirmation. I'm a glowing and graceful human being. What I desire is destined for me. So I'm going to say it for you one more time. I'm a glowing and graceful human being. What I desire is destined for me. This year on this show, we've talked a lot about manifestation. It's one of my favorite topics. Some might say I'm even obsessed with this topic. One of my favorite ways to shift my vibrational frequency, which is one of the fastest ways to up-level your manifestation practice, is to practice mantras and chanting and my meditations. And I also love choosing an affirmation of the month or the week or whatever it might be for you. And then working with it until it becomes second nature to not only say it, but to also really feel it. This week, I was teaching a moon manifestation workshop over on Pinterest. And one of the participants asked, how long does it take? When we start saying an affirmation or start writing our manifestation list for that thing that we're working to affirm or the thing that's on our list, how long before it becomes your reality? And the reality is there is no one set time limit. There isn't a manifestation coach or teacher that I know at least that would say that they could give you a defined time limit. It just, it depends on so much. It depends on our energetic type. It depends on the traumas we're working through. It depends on our beliefs about what's possible. All of that stuff factors in. In my manifestation practice, I've always found the universe to deliver exactly when the time is right. Even if sometimes I feel like it's taking too long. What ends up happening is the right thing comes to fruition exactly when it's supposed to. And a great example of that in my life right now, I'm working on my next book. I really thought I was going to be working on that book, to be honest, by like the end of 2018. I had these ideas. I was like putting the pitches together and I could not get it landed. And when I say that, I mean, I couldn't get the money. I couldn't get a publisher to commit to giving me the book deal that I wanted to make that book happen. And I was frustrated because I had just written a book that I was really proud of and that was really beautiful and that was like 
making lists and was getting featured in all sorts of great places. And all of a sudden, I couldn't get the deal done to get the next one going. However, had that book come to fruition then, what it is now, now that it has come to fruition, now that I'm working with a brand new publisher that I'm super excited about working with, that book is completely different. And knowing what I know now about 2020, had the book that I wanted to create in 2018 actually come to life, it would have come out in 2020. And truly, it just wouldn't have been aligned to what the feeling in the universe and across all of humanity ultimately was last year. So the book that is coming out now is one that I look at it and I'm like, this came, this manifestation came through at exactly the right time. It's here at exactly the right time. This week on the pod, we have two episodes. The first one is obviously happening now. You're here and it's with Shauna of The Soul Frequency. And I'm going to tell you about Shauna in just a second. And then we have another episode coming out this weekend, a bonus episode as we prepare to wrap up season one. And that episode is with my real life BFF, Elsie Larson of the podcast, blog, Instagram fame, A Beautiful Mess. And Elsie and I are going to be talking all about her journey into the woo. Today's guest, Shauna Lee of The Soul Frequency, is no novice to intuition, healing, manifestation. She is the number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life, and the host of The Soul Frequency Show podcast. I'll be over on her show coming up really soon, so stay tuned for that. She's leading the conversation on raising your energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and alignment. She's a speaker, a businesswoman. She's a consultant to executives, of Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, influencers, and fashion industry experts. We're going to talk a lot about manifestation, and she's going to give us some really great juicy nuggets of strategic ways that you can tap quickly into your manifestation power. I can't wait to share her with you. So let's get right into it. Welcome, Shauna Lee. Hi, Shauna. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really looking forward to this. And as we were chatting right before we got started, we get to do this together two weeks in a row because you're here on my show this week, and then I'll be joining you for yours next week for recording purposes, at least. Yes, it'll be so fun. Yeah. So we start the show talking a little bit about astrology and... Our listeners love it. They, they're they learning about astrology all along the way, but it also gives us a little peek into who you are. So we'll start with the big three, your sun sign, your moon sign, and your rising sign. So I am a Cancer sun, and I'm a rising Sagittarius, mm. and I'm a Libra moon. Ooh. And yeah, I know. It's interesting, right? And I think it's felt most of my life like I have two very different personalities with a sun sign in Cancer, water sign, and then a Sagittarius fire sign as my rising sign. And funny story is that my husband is a Sagittarius sun and a Cancer rising. So we're flip-flopped. Oh, wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that is wild. Which has been so cool to understand ourselves because I'm 
you know, they say your rising sign is your social mask, right? It's kind of your more outgoing personality. And then your sun sign is more who you really are on the inside. Yeah. So much of my life, I've been very much Sagittarius, like travel and, ah, and wear the lampshade on my head and whatever. <laughs> um, but my friends would always laugh and joke and say, you have this like funny homing beacon because we would go out and we'd have all this fun. And I'm like, I guess got to go home. Like at a certain point in the night, I'm like, I got to go home. Like I have to touch home base, which is very Cancerian. And when I met my husband, he's like super calm. I mean, he reads like a cancer, right? Super mellow on the outside. But oh my gosh, that inside Sagittarian fire is there. So when you get to know him more, you see that. And so it's funny that we've been able to kind of understand ourselves better. Yeah. By, you know, by meeting and being kind of flip-flop opposites. And so, yeah. So it's been an interesting, because I used to always say to people, like, I have these two very polar different sides of myself. Like, I love to be home sometimes, but then I'm like, ah, I'm all over the world. So it's, um, I think it definitely rings true. And I think it's super valuable to know these aspects of yourself. Oh, it's so true. And how, how cool to have that, just that, uh, that balance that you must get from each other, because when you're really feeling that cancer energy, he really understands it. And when he's kind of feeling the opposite, that like, that Sagittarius, like need to kind of get out and explore and, and, and like really feel like out in the world. You understand that too, because you, you kind of both reflect that. And then you have this Libra moon, which is all about balance and beauty and, and harmony and, and all of those beautiful aspects. So oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And we have a son who is a Libra sun and a cancer rising. So we are like, <laughs> The three of us are like three peas in a pod over here. We just like, we all have parts of each other. It's, it's really cool. We have a really awesome like household and it's fun because we truly get each other like at a deep level, you know, at that, like before, I mean, obviously you love your family. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have family members that you're like, I don't understand them. Like sure. where are they coming from? Yeah. And we are all very simpatico here in this household. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, thank you for sharing. I love it so much. Okay. So I want to talk a bit about your story. So let's start there. Let's start with your story. You have a lot of beautiful things going on. And this world that you're working and living and creating in now is not necessarily where you started. So let's talk a bit about your story and how you found your way here. Yeah, not at all. Um, you know, much I was born seeing multidimensionality and that was just normal. Um, when I was young. And when I was about five or six, I realized that other people were not experiencing the world mm -hmm. in the same way, which was very shocking and almost like made me feel separate from the world. So I had a lot of experiences around that age where friends were not seeing what I was seeing. So I had two spirit guides that came from birth um, into my life. It was kind of a wild household. Uh, my parents, I'd be like, don't sit on the couch. And like, my mom's like, why I'm all because my friend is there. Um, and she didn't understand, you know, obviously any of that. Um, good thing I had a spiritual grandmother who was like, leave her alone. She, you know, she's seeing things that you're not seeing, but it was kind of wild. And once I started understanding that it wasn't just my parents or just my household that wasn't experiencing these things, I prayed to like make it go away, right? Mm -hmm. I just was like, I just want to be normal. And I kind of developed this whole thing about being normal. Like I kept 
looking around me and saying, what do other kids like to do? Like, I really felt like an alien in some respects in many areas of life. And I was always like, okay, how do I be human? Like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And how do I do this? And that continued on through much of my life, like much of my school years. And, um, and I really just wanted to be like what I thought was a good person who was successful and who did the right things. I dotted my I's, I crossed my T's. I wasn't super rebellious in anything. I just wanted to do things that were right. And I ended up, you know, graduating from college and building a business um, that I thought I could have a lot of monetary success at, which I did. Um, and I loved it in some respects, but I always felt like there was a piece of me that wasn't expressed right in this world. And that was that piece of me that I had let go of. And so, you know, I didn't know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just kept feeling more and more as the years went by unfulfilled by that. And I started to, um, just wonder like, what, what else is it? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? That's not this. And I think we all have these things we want in our life. Like, you know, for me, it was, I wanted to find my soulmate and I wanted to have a family and I wanted to have a successful business. And as those things started to come into my life and I started to check those boxes, I, that feeling of like, wait, I'm not doing the right thing became more and more present, like, which was kind of annoying. Cause I'm like, I've built mm -hmm. this whole world. Like I have all the things that I said I wanted. And why do I feel like it's not it, right? There's just feeling of like, it's not it, which is so confusing sometimes because you don't know what is it. It's just like, this is not it. And, um, and after building this whole world, I basically had, you know, what would you would call a spiritual awakening, a massive spiritual awakening. And my gifts came back online. And this was really around the time that I was pregnant with my son and there was no denying them the second time around. And so I just knew I was going to have to change my life. And I did. I mean, thank God my husband was on board for the wild ride that we went on, um, which is extraordinary. But yeah, we just changed everything in our life within about a year and a half period of time. So it was emotional and difficult and challenging and, you know, that kind of dark night of the soul, ego death, all that wrapped into one. Um, and birthed really like a 2.0 version, a whole new life. Mm, wow. So if somebody's listening and they're thinking, okay, that that resonates with me. Like I was different as a child and things things that that occurred for me was not what was going on with other kids. And and then I was suppressing things along the way. And I'm now as a as an adult starting to feel like, okay, what what happened there? What did I suppress and how do I bring that back forward? What's a starting point to reconnect to your your own sense of spirituality to those other realms that perhaps you identified with as a child, but it's been so long since you went there? What would be your your first steps to reconnecting? So at the beginning stages, like I kind of talk about it like we're having spirituality in the closet, right? On the side of our life. So many times you're still, you know, existing in the reality that you've built that largely your ego has built, frankly, because we all do that at the beginning. Um, and you're kind of reading books off to the side, right? So information, podcasts, books, that can be like the really beginning part of kind of awakening. And then it's getting quiet, right? Giving yourself permission to take time away from your life um, and and listening within and, you know, meditation practices like that, whether it's yoga, things like that, that just 
force you to stop that voice in your head and to get quiet. Um, I think as a beginning for a lot of people, my path too was also changing how I ate. So um, when you start eating cleaner and you start, you know, maybe stopping things like alcohol or as much of that, like, and you just start putting good things in your body, that can be like, that can cause an awakening in and of itself, right? Your body starts to clear out the toxins and you start to connect at a deeper level. So I really look at all spiritual connection, not as how do I connect, but that connection is truth. So what am I doing in my life or what have I built in my world that disconnects me so it's like, it's looking at kind of a subtraction equation, like what needs to go from my life so that the connection that is the truth is present, that I'm aware of it, right? And it's really about like fine tuning into detail. People always ask me like, how are you able to see what you see? It's because I have trained myself to notice the things that other people don't notice, right? Because mm -hmm. there's so much noise in our life. So I'm tuning into the fine details. And one of the cool ways people can start to just do this in a very visual way is like taking a leaf, right, that's fallen off of a tree and just looking at that leaf for like 15 minutes, right, and noticing all the veins in the leaf and all the detail. Like these are things that most people walk by and don't notice. But you can train your brain to start to notice finite details, and that really helps with opening up intuition. Mm, that's such a beautiful practice. I had a I, – I started training – Gosh, and I guess it was like 2017 with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. And one of the first practices that we did that's very similar to that was working that leaf practice with a rock. So we had to, for our very first class, we had to bring a rock into class. And we sat with that rock. I think we probably sat with the rock, really focusing on the details of the rock for maybe an hour. Prob I think it was at least an hour. And then had to share back with the class what the rock was what story the rock was telling us? What was the what was the message we were receiving from the rock? And as we were all kind of getting settled and everybody's like a little nervous of like what's going to happen over the course of these three days here together, like we're all called here for some purpose. That first exercise was so eye-opening because we all had immediately in an hour's time had things that we had experienced in this relationship with this rock that as we all walked in the room, we were like, okay, this is a little strange. We're all carrying a rock into a classroom, sitting down and staring at it. But it, it, was, it was really amazing. So I love that practice of the leaf or the rock or just an item in nature that might resonate with you. Such a good way to begin. Yeah. And then your ego is like, why am I talking to a rock? <laughs> That's what we have to contend with, right? It's like, why am I sitting here staring at a leaf for all this time? Um, and just noticing that is so important, right? Like the part of you that's like, eh, is this really going to work, right? Like the ego is always going to kind of be like, why are you going to sit and stare at a rock? Like, why are we doing this? And then your soul self is like, oh, I know that I can talk to anything, right? I know that I can connect yeah. with anything. And the more you, attention and energy you give to your soul self that knows it can communicate, can access all kinds of streams of information, then the more energy is going towards that and the less energy is going towards, you know, that voice that just always, you know, compares and thinks things are ridiculous and wants you to stay inside the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, so juicy. I love that. I love that practice. Such a great way to start. So what are some other ways that we can tap into our intuition to begin to really listen to our own inner wisdom, to listen to our heart, to listen to our gut? What are some practices that you teach 
to help to develop intuition? So again, I don't feel like we have a problem listening to our intuition, like in and of itself. I feel like we are very afraid to listen to what it what it's telling us because many times our intuition is going to tell us things that are inconvenient in our lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah. even things as simple as, and I, I tell people, start with the simple things. Let's say you're driving, right? And you're driving home and your intuition is like, hey, turn right at this signal. And you're thinking to yourself, but I live to the left. Why would I turn right? It's like, if you just start following these things, right? Your intuition might be telling you to turn right because there's a traffic issue. You know, if you turn left and you can go around the block and it will actually be faster. If we start listening to those simple things, then you start getting more and more of that. And you start affirming to the universe, like, I'm willing to listen. Even if it doesn't seem logical, I'm willing to listen. Um, But most of the time people struggle following their intuition because it flies in the face of either their ego or someone else's ego in their life, Mm -hmm. right? And we are really impacted. What I've seen over the years um, in my practice is that we are really controlled. I'm going to use the word controlled by what we perceive as other people's opinions of us. And also we need their love and acceptance so badly that we don't even realize that we're rolling over our own truth and we're not living in accordance to our own intuition because we perceive that if we do X, you know, this person in my life is not going to love and accept that. And that's so intense, especially for somebody who's energetically sensitive or an empath, like feeling the upset of somebody in your life can be so intense that it's not worth it, right? You would rather not be you than to feel that intensity of someone being unhappy with your choices. And so that is like the crux really of all transformation and spiritual awakening is, am I willing to stand in my truth, even if it upsets other people? Am I willing to speak my truth? Am I willing to listen to my intuition? Because your intuition is always going to take you down roads. You have never even thought of before, or you're unprepared to go on, or is going to ruffle some feathers. Like your intuition is going to bring you back into alignment. And so we can say like, gosh, I really want to listen to my intuition, but unless we deal with our outer world and we deal with what I'm talking about right now, we won't because it's too scary. And so really starting to get comfortable with being on that edge and feeling a little afraid and doing it anyway is how you start to grow that intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's the intuition's always going to come to you with a loving voice. It's never going to feel, it's never going to feel this, just this like icky drivingness. It's going to feel loving and it's going to feel like this beautiful little hit of information because it's always there and it's always there to guide you. And then when we're considering the ego, now the ego might come across a bit differently. And so when we're listening to ego, what's the type of voice that, how can we begin to distinguish? Is this my intuition talking or is this my ego talking? What's, what's the difference in those two, the the way those two would uh, come across to us? Yeah. The ego is almost like works off like shame and guilt and you know what I mean? It's going to like tell you, well, you can't do this. Like you're not smart enough or you can't do this. You know, it's like that type of voice. Um, And here's why. And it's always operating from a place of safety. Like our human brain 
wants to keep us safe. And what is safe is what is known, even if what is known is miserable. So, so that human brain is always working more towards the negative, right? Like, don't go over there, you'll fall. Don't go over there, you'll trip. Um, don't go over there, there's fire, right? Metaphorical fire. And, and that's the way the ego kind of talks to you. It's very like sounding all alarms, right? Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, the soul is quieter, right? And the soul is not going to, it's not going to elbow its way into the room. It's going to talk to you more in a whisper. And it's going to wait and see if you're listening to that. So because we live in a world that's so loud in general, um, most people don't listen to the whisper. And and we're so used to listening to the ego that's elbowing its way into every room, you know, blocking this, blocking that, keeping you in this box. Um, but it's just we're we're trained. We learn at a young age to listen to not only our own fear, but the fear of the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so it takes like getting quiet, you know, really consciously asking yourself, being in nature is a great place to connect, like, cause it forces us to put away technology to, you know, be outside of being with other people and, and exchanging energy with them. And instead like nature is truth, right? Everything in nature is living in accordance to what it is like a grass a blade of grass is not trying to be a tree. It knows it's grass and it's living that way. And so in nature, like we have, we're surrounded by truth. We're surrounded, you know, where when we're around people, we're not always surrounded by people that are in truth, right? We're not <laughs> surrounded yeah. by that vibration. So, uh, so nature can be really helpful. It can be a great teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's such a good practice. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about manifestation. We talk a lot about manifestation on this show and there's a, a couple of different approaches that, that you may want to take to begin your manifestation practice. What have you found works best in your practice and how would you recommend to someone who is thinking, I don't know if I, if manifestation works for me. I don't know if this is something I can actually do. What would you recommend they do to begin entering into their own practice of manifestation? So manifestation, again, everybody's a master in manifestation, whether you know it or not, right? So I think it's first, we just have to get un, out of the false mindset that I don't know how to manifest. Yeah, Everybody is manifesting all of the time. Many times people manifest things they don't want, and they do that through what I call the creation equation. So this creation equation, we are doing all of the time, every human being, whether they're conscious of it or not, but becoming conscious of it is going to change your life um, because you're already doing it and you might not even know it. And everything starts through this creation equation. So let's say you're rolling around in life and you get an idea, you have a thought right? You think, oh, it'd be great to start a business. That thought is going to elicit a feeling, right? Oh, that's exciting. I want to start a business. I've had a thought. Now I've had a feeling. Now you're going to have more thoughts about it. Oh, I wonder what my business would look like. How do I want to set it up? And that all those thoughts are going to elicit feelings, like either feelings of excitement and joy, like, oh yeah, I want it to look like this. Or feelings like, nah, I don't think that's right, right? And then you'll turn away from thoughts that are in alignment with that. So you're literally creating a thought tree, right? Imagine a tree as a stump and then, you know, it grows some branches and you're just thinking and thinking and thinking and you're having feelings about all of those thoughts. And those two things create a momentum, right? And they start to 
to put you into inspired action. So eventually, if you have enough thoughts and excited feelings about starting a business, you'll start picking up the phone and calling somebody about it or signing up for a course. That would be inspired action. If you do enough of those thought-feeling patterns and enough inspired action, you will pop something into the third-dimensional reality. You will have a business that other people recognize as a reality, right? Now, the way that people are doing this unconsciously and manifesting the things that they don't want is, I'll use the example, let's say somebody wants to lose weight, right? And they go, oh my gosh, I want to lose weight so badly, but every day I think about cheeseburgers and fries and milkshakes and oh, and then I just want those and I'm like getting excited about that. And then I'm feeling depressed when I think about losing weight because I feel like it's not going to work and I feel bummed about that. And I'm having all these thoughts and emotions, right? And I'm feeling bad. I'm looking in the mirror. I don't like my body. And I'm saying how much I don't like my body and, and those negative thoughts and negative thoughts. And next thing you know, I take an inspired action and I go to the drive-thru and I get the burger and the fries and the shake. And then I feel even worse because now I'm not moving towards my goal and it becomes a negative like cyclical pattern. So what we think about most, right, we are manifesting. And the way that I describe this is, let's say you're standing in a field and outside in front of you, you can visualize this, are a bunch of big bubbles all side by side, right? Like big bubbles that you could stand in. And all of those bubbles represent the possibilities for your future life. You could walk forward towards any of those bubbles, right? And you could say, this is what I want. All of them have a future in them, right? So one future could be you're married with kids. Another future could be you're single traveling the world. Another future could be that you own a business. Like there's all these possibilities. You choose your bubble by how often you think about that, right? And you don't think a contrary thought. So you don't wonder if you can have it or if it'll work out. You just keep thinking and keep having feelings about it and keep taking inspired action towards it. And that bubble that's a possibility becomes your reality, right? What other people would say, oh, I know her. Yeah, she's married with kids and she does this and owns this, right? All of that starts in our mind first with an idea. If you think about anything, right? Think about some of the biggest companies in the world. They were somebody's idea. And somebody's got excited about it and got other people excited about it and popped that into the three-dimensional reality. So we are all manifesting all the time. So the beginning step is just to stop any conversation in your head about you can't manifest, right? And yeah. sometimes it's helpful to notice, like, what am I manifesting over and over again? Am I manifesting worry? Am I manifesting feeling like I don't have enough money? Am I manifesting? Because you'll notice now that I'm sharing how this happens how often you think about that, right? How often you have an emotion about it. Like, like people will tell me sometimes like, oh my gosh, I just always feel like I don't have enough money. And I'm like, how often, like track every day, how often you're thinking about that, right? I bet you think about that like 50 times a day and people will be like, I do. It's wild. I'm like, yeah. So you're keeping that in place. Nothing else can come in to your world if you're so busy thinking about that. So the trick is if you're thinking about something and you notice you're doing it over and over again, you don't want that reality, then switch your thought to the reality that you do want, right? And train your mind to keep thinking of that reality that you want to call in. And that's where these beautiful practices like meditation and breath work and whatever might be the right practice for you starts to really make a difference because it's an opportunity to get aware of those thought patterns that we're having a hundred, two hundred, a thousand times a day and start to shift 
break those patterns and start to shift into those new ways of thinking. Exactly. Yeah. So if someone's, if someone's having this awareness for the first time that, oh my gosh, that is me. I am, I am manifesting this reality and I think I've manifested the wrong bubble. I'm in the bubble that I didn't intend to be in. <laughs> what's, what's the shift? How do we begin when we take a look around and the bubble that we've created for ourselves is not the one we want to be in? How do we now start to move into the direction of a couple of bubbles that we maybe do want to explore that would look quite differently? The bubble that you're in can only exist by you supplying energy to it in the form of thought or action or engagement in it. So think about it like this. Like, let's say you're in a relationship and that relationship is super negative and even abusive and awful. Like, if you were to change your phone number, get away from that person, move to another state, let's say, and shut down all communication, so give no energy to that relationship at all, it would be done. It'll be gone right? Even if that person pops up a month later, I give no energy to this. Like nothing can survive in your reality if you give no energy to it in the form of interaction, thought, you know what I mean? Emotion. These are all connectors, right? They connect us to things. So if you're in a bubble and you're like, I don't like this bubble, don't give any more energy to whatever you don't like. And instead, place that energy on what bubble you want to create in. So people say like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to think about or even visualize myself having what I want because I'm so far away from that. Like, how do I even, you know, begin to visualize that? And I say, you know, everybody has an imagination. Unfortunately, a lot of times, like, you know, different people talk us out of our imagination or we think imagination is something for kids, but everyone has an imagination. And so if you know that your, I call it your reality movie screen, right? You have this movie screen in front of you. Like nobody else is experiencing the exact same things you're experiencing, right? Nobody thinks the exact same way that you do. You have this movie screen going on filled with people that you know, instances in your life, all of that. You can imagine that movie screen to be whatever you want. So you can sit down every time you meditate or every evening or every morning And just tell yourself, if it's too hard to say, this is what I want my life to look like because it feels far away, you can start with, I'm just going to imagine a movie, right? I'm the star of the movie. I'm just going to imagine the movie and I'm going to go into the ultimate detail. This is where it gets super fun. Like I tell people, you know, when you imagine yourself, what are you wearing down to like the most minute detail? What car do you get in every day, right? What perfume do you wear if you wear that, right? Um, what, like, what products do you use? Like, if you paint that movie as if you're like, you know, literally creating a movie and you have to pick everything, the set, you know, what the character wears, all of that, like who the character, you know, interacts with. If you go into that type of detail, you're training your brain for visualization, right? You're training your brain to start seeing that it does have imagination and that it can create. And you do nothing but focus on that. And I tell people, don't give yourself like a time frame because in life, you know, being human, people go, I'm going to try this for a week, but if it doesn't work in a week, right, then I'm done. I'm going to call this something that doesn't work. And that's not the way manifestation works. Like we have to say, I am going to commit to this for the rest of my life, right? I'm going to visualize the things that I want in my life for the rest of my life. My job is not the when, or the how, my job is to say, universe, 
this is what I want. This is the bubble I choose. And I will continue to do my part, which is having the thought about it, having the corresponding emotion and taking the inspired action. That's the one thing that whether you call it other dimensional beings or your guides or your angels or the universe, like they're not in physical form. So they're not able to take physical action, right? They can give you a vantage point from above. They can guide all kinds of things in and out of your life. But if you can't hold the vision, they can't help, right? If you don't say, this is what I want, they can't bring that to you, right? So this is where free will choice comes in. And this is where you are the one in the physical human form that can take physical action. So that's the one thing that's the main job of the human being, because you can get so much guidance, you can bring in so much information, you know, from other dimensions um, to help you create all kinds of stuff in the third dimension. But you have to be willing to hold the vision and you have to be willing to take physical action. Yeah, that's the co-creation part. It's it's a. so interesting when someone says, for example, I've created my mood board or I wrote my list, but then nothing happened. And the reality is you've created the mood board, you've written the list, you've perhaps started to feel the emotion, you're definitely having the thought, but what steps have you taken to get yourself there? And that's really the part that you're explaining so beautifully that that is fully up to you to start to make those moves in order for your biggest most beautiful dreams to become reality. Yeah, you do. And it's so interesting because I've also noticed that we have a lot of resistance. Like I had a client recently who um, wanted to meet a soulmate, right? And but had so much resistance to online dating. And so many times if we can become super aware, we realize that we have, the ego has a way of having you have a dream but not be able to fulfill that dream. It tells you, you can want, but you're going to spend the rest of your life wanting. You're never going to be able to have what you want. Like how many people feel that way? Like, oh, I'd want this life, but I can't have that. Why? Why can't you have that? Like, where's that voice coming from? And that's the ego just saying, you have to stay in this box. You can desire things, but you have to stay in this box. It's not true. So you really have to look at where's my resistance in that inspired action part right? Like, Mm because many times that resistance in inspired action is what's going to pop you into that new reality. So like for my client, like online dating, she was so resistant. And the irony and the funny part, and I see this over and over again, is the second we got over that resistance and she started doing it, she had tons of people wanting to go out. I mean, it was like a flow of men that wanted to date her like consistently. And she's like, oh my gosh, there's this whole other world. She popped out of one bubble, right? Into another reality where there was all kinds of plentiful, you know what I mean? It, before it felt like scarcity. There's no one out there. There's no one for me. And all of a sudden it's like, there's so many people. I'm like, yeah. And this is where we get in this place where it feels scarce. It feels impossible. It feels difficult. When you're feeling that resistance, it's, you know, that there's some action you need to take to pop into the, an, another reality, right? That makes you feel more plentiful. Yeah. She went from scarcity to dating abundance just by making totally. that, let, letting go of that resistance. Yeah. So, so inspiring. So inspiring. Okay. So I have five questions for us that we're going to, we're going to work through as we start moving to the close of our, our time together. The first one is tell us to about an object or charm that is special to you? 
I have a small uh, crystal unicorn that my son bought me for my birthday. Um, it's sitting right in front of me. Um, and he, um, I have lots of crystals and different things, you know, in my office. Um, but he was like, I really think you need a unicorn. Cause he knows I love unicorns all my life as a child. I loved unicorns. Um, and so he picked it out himself and he bought it for me. And I just feel like it's such a full circle moment because I was so connected to unicorns when I was young and I shared that story with him and for him to like, acknowledge that and connect with that and want me to have, you know, a unicorn because I love them is like, and he's my child, you know, <laughs> is like connecting my childhood to his childhood. And I just feel like it's my little good luck charm. Oh, so special. So sweet. And so perfect. So connecting. Okay. The next question is, tell us about a book that changed your life. So during my big life transformation, um, we moved out of our old house. We moved into this small rental. So much in our life had changed. Like I had left my old career. And so I had all this time on my hands and of course all this emotion, right. That was coming up and I didn't know what to do with myself. Like I was feeling so raw. And one day I found this book called the top five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Ware. And she was a hospice nurse um, and she would spend all this time with people when they were, you know, getting close to passing on. And she found that people would share with her their regrets, right? They were looking back over their life and they would share the things that they would have done differently and that there were these top five things that a lot of people shared. And I read that book sitting out on my back patio. I was sobbing through the whole book. Mm. And it, to me, it was really a book about living. Like, how do you want to live your life? And I kept thinking at that time when it, so much was changing for me and how I was evolving myself and my life, like when it's at the end of my time being Shauna in this lifetime, like, what do I want to say when I'm laying there? Right? Like, and I was so clear at that time in my life, like that I don't want to have regrets. I don't want to feel like, gosh, I could have been more free or I could have been more authentic or I could have loved more or any of those things that I, right at that point in my life, at that pivotal point that I had the choice to make sure that I don't have regrets at that time, that when it's my time to go, I'm like, yeah, I did this life, right? And I did everything that I wanted to do. And it was such an important book at that moment because it taught me and gave me permission really to live to really live. So it was a powerful time and a powerful book for me. Wow. Okay. The next question is, tell me about an experience or moment that changed your life in a profound way. Experience or moment that changed my life in a profound way. Gosh, there's been so many. Um, I talk about this in my book. There was a night um, kind of during the time when I read the book uh, that I just talked about. There was a night where I went in my son's bedroom to put him to sleep and I would rock him in this little chair before I'd put him in his crib. And every night I would cry. Like it was kind of like my own time where I don't have to worry about anybody else. Like, I mean, I'm talking lots of emotion was coming up at this time in my life. So I would just let the tears kind of fall down my cheeks and I would tilt my head back. So they like didn't fall down on my son that I was rocking. 
and I would just be in all of the fear and the sadness, you know, of all the things that had changed in our life. And, and this night I got up and I put him in his crib and I just, my knees buckled to the floor and I just fell face down into the floor and I was sobbing into the carpet and he, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to wake up, but he didn't. And, and I was just sobbing and sobbing and I was just like, God, why? Like, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through all of this? This is awful. Like I was just felt like I wanted to unzip my human suit and like step out of my body. Um, and, and I literally that night heard the most powerful voice, um, that came through and, and I was like, so, um, that was a turning point in my life. I was so lost and so afraid. And that moment changed everything. Like the voice was like, if you created this, you can uncreate this. And it was the first time in my life that I realized that I was that powerful, that I could create all of this change, right? Or, or basically come into this human life to have this radical shift in like reality and consciousness, you know, in my life. And that if I created all of that, then I could create anything I wanted. And when I left, you know, hearing a voice is just a profound spiritual experience. Um, but when I left my son's room, I left a different person. Like I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't like awful and something happening to me. This is something I created, right? I came to experience this. Therefore I can create my way out of it. And I can create whatever I want. And that literally was the start of my business and the whole new chapter in my life. Wow. So, so profound. Oh, so, so beautiful. And to have had that experience while your son is there in the room and you're putting him to bed and you have this beautiful baby and this voice comes through and says, okay, create, create the next evolution of you. Let's do it. Yeah. Amazing. It was, I mean, I couldn't even speak about it for so long. I couldn't even sure. describe like what it was, what it meant to me and like what it was. It felt like to even describe it feels like it doesn't even give it, you know, the weight of the experience of what it truly was to be in that moment. But I also feel so grateful. It also taught me that even in our darkest hour, like you, you will be rescued, right? Like something comes in and tells you, Hey, go this way, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about your intuition or your guides stepping in. Like if you're going through a difficult time, or if you're feeling like the rug's been pulled out from underneath you, seeing that for what it is, which is really an opportunity for a whole other level and a whole new life, rather than why is something bad happening to me is mm -hmm. extremely empowering. And a lot of people are going through this. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So the next question is, what is something that you do for your health and wellness? Oh gosh, lots of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one thing in particular, well, a latest thing, I just actually did a podcast episode about this. I do cosmetic acupuncture. Hmm. So like facial acupuncture, which I think is so cool. I'm a big fan of acupuncture. Like, you know, the meridian systems of the body are so important. And the way that energy flows through the body is so important to all kinds of things, not only your physical health, but opening up your gifts, right? Making sure that energy is flowing properly. You don't have blocked energy. And so I've always done acupuncture. Um, 
but I got into facial acupuncture and it's absolutely fascinating. Um, they can correct all kinds of things. Like they can correct, you know, muscle issues in your face. They can correct all kinds of things um, through pins, through <laughs> putting little pins in your face. Super relaxing, super fun. Um, they also like the woman that I go to here in Southern California, she has like all kinds of other like cool treatments, like LED treatments and stuff like that, that she does on your face as well. So that's one of my latest finds that and red light therapy I do. Um, which is super fun. One of the things, like everything that I pretty much find interest in, I've noticed has to do with like how your energy runs through your body yeah, um, and creating more energy. We obviously do all kinds of things like being around technology, being inside, not getting proper light, um, not getting, um, you know, healthy things put in our body. Um, and to combat the amount of, obviously, you know, we're in front of computers a lot these days and more and more as time goes on. So I think it's really important because the energy of computers um, can disrupt the energy in your body. So doing things like acupuncture, red light therapy, being outside, being in nature, literally hug a tree, um, it will save your life. These things are important to combat, like, you know, just a lot of the stuff that we are confronted with these days. Absolutely. Acupuncture has been for me. So I've been going once a week for probably six months. I think I've been going once a week before it was kind of a, when I got to a point of like, oh, I really need to go. Then I would go. (laughs) Right. Now I'm like way past needing to have had that experience. Um, So now I've been going once a week and wow, it's, it's a, every time I'm, I usually go in the mornings, like usually like Tuesday or Wednesday mornings. And Every time I'm there, I'm like, oh, this is, it's just so necessary for my like weekly reset to like have that, have that experience. And, and then I just feel, I feel better all week long after doing that once a week. So I am so with you. I have not had the cosmetic acupuncture, so I'm going to have to try that next. Yeah. It's really cool with, um, acupuncture too, because it's also like a great time to meditate too. So people have Mm -hmm. like time, you know, like feel like they can't find time to do that it's like the most perfect opportunity to sit there and just go into meditation. You know, it's so interesting with regular acupuncture too, because I have gone before where I feel like I'm getting sick. Like you can feel that energy where your energy starts waning and you don't feel good. I've gone before where I feel like I'm in that beginning stage where you're like not sick yet, but you're getting sick. And literally one acupuncture session, I can feel the energy of my body just reset itself and I leave there feeling 100%. Like, isn't Mm -hmm. that wild that... There's an energetic shift in your body that happens like if you're going to start to get sick. And if you can catch that before you actually get sick, again, this is catching the details. Um, you you can literally just reset your body and acupuncture is the perfect thing to do that. I so agree. Highly advise it. Highly advise it. And it's it's wild. You're literally laying there with some pins stuck in your body and the shift that can happen with something that seems so minor, but it is. It's those little tiny details. And it makes all the difference. Okay. So the last question is, tell me about a moment you knew magic was real. Oh, gosh. There's so many. Um, So I was with my grandmother, who was a dear soul to me, really the only person that understood me throughout my life fully. Um, And she was very into um, spiritual practices and also Native American like rituals and traditions, super intuitive. Um, 
and we were just connected throughout our life. And I got to spend the end of her life kind of spending a lot of time with her. Like, and she was in and out of consciousness and also seeing the other side, which was super fascinating. Mm. Um, like my grandpa had passed years before and she was like having conversations with him. And so I was just able to watch like, you know, what happens when a spirit is starting to, you know, leave the body, like go in and out of the body, um, which was just a huge lesson. And at that time, this was years before I started my business. So I just didn't realize it at the time, but I was really getting like, you know, practice and like also just being able to witness things that that weren't, you know, commonplace in my life at the time. So, so she, um, was at the end of her life. She told me, um, I asked her if she would manifest like a great man for me, a great husband at the time, like at the very end. She's like, oh, honey. She goes, that's easy. She's like, and literally I met my husband like after she, right after she passed, which was fascinating. But she, um, she waited to pass away like consciously until like I got to where she was. And she was wearing this nightgown that had an angel on it. And the hospice nurse was with her. She was like, you know, in a home or whatever. And I was there and she, and the hospice nurse was, goes, oh, well, you know, we'll change her top. And, um, and then she, the hospice nurse, they're amazing by the way. Um, she lifted her up and she goes, oh, she's transitioning. Like she could feel that she was leaving her body. And so she's like, no time to change. She's like, she's ready for the party. And I just remember seeing this angel on her chest, right? That she had this shirt on. And like, literally she like took a deep breath and she was having trouble, like labored breathing. Her lungs were filling with fluid. She literally took the deepest breath. Her body rose up from the bed and she looked at the ceiling. Like she saw God and you knew it. Like it was wild. Like something lifted her off of the bed because she wasn't able to move. And she looked up with this look on her face, like she was just coming home. And I was just sobbing. Like, I mean, there was uncontrollable, like I was just witnessing a total miracle. And then her body just like slowly laid back down and she took one more little breath and then she was gone. And in that time that I spent with her prior to that, like she had all these things. She didn't want her body moved after she passed because her spirit was going to leave through the top of her head. And it was important they didn't move her body, like all these requests, right? And here she is in this home and she goes, she goes, Shawnee, she used to call me Shawnee. Shawnee, you're the only one that will honor my request because no one else will think this is important. So she told me all these things, right? So so she passed and I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am. And I, you know, I was yeah. younger at the time. I'm like, so I'm telling this whole hospital, I'm like, do not move her body. Do not do this. Do not do that. And so I literally like stood guard around her body and like just prayed with her as she crossed over. Um, it was such a beautiful, magical moment. And um, since then, I've been able to help other people cross over um, and I feel like that's the gift that she gave me. But truly, you know, watching a child be born and watching somebody, you know, pass peacefully is miracle, is a miracle. So beautiful. Thank you so much. What a pleasure it's been having this conversation with you. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation, yes. which we'll have over on your show. So if someone is interested in finding your book, your show, all the things that you're working on. Where are all the all the places they can find all that good stuff? Um, our online hub is thesoulfrequency.com. Um, the book is on Amazon, The Soul Frequency. And we have a podcast, The Soul Frequency Show. <laughs> so you can find us on all the places you get podcasts. 
Perfect. Thank you so much, Shauna. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for being with us today. And as this episode comes out, we're just one day after this full moon in Aries. Still lots of time to tap into that amplified manifestation energy. So I encourage you to create the vision, start to feel into the emotion of that manifestation and start taking inspired action. Thank you so much to Shauna of the Soul Frequency for joining me here on the show today. If you've loved this episode, share it far and wide. Tag us at your woo woo BFF. Leave us a review. If you've tried any of our techniques or strategies or modalities or the things that we talk about here on the show, leave us a review and let us know how it's going for you. I'd love to get feedback on what you're interested in for season two as well. So you can email us or DM us at your woo woo BFF. We're lining up a really amazing season two. And as a reminder, this weekend, we have a bonus episode coming out with my dear BFF in real life, Elsie Larson of A Beautiful Mess. With that, we are complete. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll see you again this weekend. I'll be back again with one more solo episode next week before we wrap up season one, start preparing for season two. Can't wait to see you then. Much love. Have a beautiful, high vibrational, magical rest of your day.